0: This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time The Babysitter's Club Club. Mystery.
1: The dads are back in town. Dads are back in
2: town. I actually never left town.
1: You never left town, okay? I am not.
2: I can't leave town. I have a Mm
1: -hmm. two-month-old. Metaphorical. Where am I supposed to go? I also haven't left town. What's new in your world of being a dad? Everyone tells me
2: and Jamie that we're remarkably chill uh, parents, and that we're raising uh, such a beautiful and gifted young son. Mm -hmm. Everyone says he seems very advanced.
1: That's not a thing.
2: Um, he never really cries. he's pretty good at holding his neck up already, which like most kids can't do until like three or four months, so
1: okay, so you think he's gonna be the next fucking president now
2: could be he's pretty what I'm saying he's is he's swole
1: and hyper intelligent, so yeah. I'm thinking back, because I watched the Democratic debates recently, and every yeah. I think everybody on stage, except maybe Swalwell was able to hold their neck up, yeah, no, and that's I think that's oh Delaney couldn't
2: Delaney couldn't no there's a, a nominee called delaney
1: uh-huh huh. <laughs> i was trying to pick people that wouldn't offend anyone
2: yeah i'm not really <laughs> keeping up with this cycle there's a guy yeah. called buddy gig i know that yeah
1: uh-huh. um
0: that's fun
2: there's a guy who wants to do give everyone a thousand dollars a month
1: uh-huh
2: uh, yeah, i'll send some of that my way
1: <laughs> that is the thing <laughs> hey
2: uh What's his name? Andrew. Andrew Yang. Uh, Andrew Yang. Send some of that thousand dollars my way, bud. Yeah.
1: There is always someone, one person, running for student council, whose like only platform was like, I'll give
2: everyone a dollar. Yeah, free sodas <laughs> in the vending machines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been Politics Talk. Politics Talk, Dad Talk. Um, how's your boy doing? Mine's just, we love him so much. He's just so fun and giggly. He's starting to look people in the eyes and smile. Oh, that's scary. Um, he went to like the Joker bar yesterday does he say
1: why so serious
2: I say that to him a lot when he's he's, um, being grumpy crying or wiggling in bed when he's supposed to be sleeping Mm -hmm. I'll go up to him and say why so wiggly (laughs) okay and And I'll also when he's crying I'll say um, why do we cry Master Bruce
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's good that's great okay um, so you are setting him up for success.
2: We do a lot of Batman quotes, I just realized. Yeah. Because I also say stuff like, you were born in a dirty diaper. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's
1: good. Molded by it. Well, this has been Dad Talk. Dad Talk. And what I'd like to do is introduce this podcast that we have here together where we talk about the Babysitter's Club books and the way that I do that is that I say, hi, hi. And why? Why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Mystery. Club. Club. I'm Jack Shepard.
2: My name is Tanner Greenring.
1: And every week we talk about a different mystery in the Great Mystery Cycle by the Great Mystery herself and Mystery Martin. This week we're going to be talking about a little mystery called Babysitter's Club Mystery number 21, Claudia. And The Recipe for Danger. And they never do give us The Recipe for Danger, do they, Tanner? Um, Not, they never write it out. No, and, and that was the main reason I read this.
2: Right, I'm not a good enough cook. I'm not. You don't want to just improvise. You that. know who's got The Recipe for Danger? Who? As mentioned on a recent episode of The Babysitter's Club Mystery Club. Who? The Anarchist Cookbook. Yeah. This book is The Anarchist Cookbook of The Babysitter's Club canon. God,
1: people just made a lot of bad cakes trying to be anarchists yeah, yeah a bunch of anarchists in the 90s bought this by accident because they were like oh um, hell yes now we're gonna I'm get gonna the re- recipe I'm for danger really
2: disrupt society with this <laughs> and then they just became like they became amateur
1: companies. bakers yeah <laughs> that's good um so what we like to do i think i was gonna say we like to sing about these books but that's our other podcast i do. And yeah, we, you like to sing about these books. We like to sing about these books in our other podcasts. Please subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. It's only $5 a month. And we sing about the little sister books. But these books, we don't sing about them. We describe about them. And
2: yeah, we both do um, fairly succinct and well thought out and uh-huh. personally written. Yep. Um, Descriptions about this book.
1: Yes, and I spent a lot of time on mine today. I'm really, and I'll actually admit it.
2: that I didn't and don't write my sixty second recaps.
1: No, that comes right off the dome, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, I think what we're going to do is we're going to have me describe the book, and I did write this myself, and I think you will be hard pressed to find any flaws in it. Okay, I'm looking forward to listening to it. Great. Are you ready? Yes. Why wouldn't I be? Okay. Here goes. Follow the trials and tribulations of passionate amateur bakers whose goal is to be named Stony Brook's Best. Each week, the bakers tackle a different skill, the difficulty of which increases as the competition unfolds. Claudia Kishi, a leading cake decorator, and Marianne Spear, a top artisan baker, serve as contestants. Together with hosts and comic foils, Christy Thomas and Logan Bruno, Kishi and Spear take part in the search for Connecticut's best amateur baker by testing the competitor's skills on cakes, breads, pastries, and desserts, crowning a winner after 10 weeks of competition. Babysitter's Club Mystery number 21, Claudia and the recipe for danger. And I did do a good job, and it was perfect.
2: And you did do a good job, and it was very good. I can't help but notice that mm. it shares some similarities with, well, you people call it the Great British Baking Show.
1: Oh, that's uh trademark, and you're not allowed to say it, because you will be sued.
2: No, no, no. I'm allowed to say the Great British Baking Show. I'm not allowed to say what the Brits call it, which is- Oh, I
1: see. You people. Yeah. You're not allowed you to p- say- You people naturalized Americans. Oh, that's what you mean. I see. Okay. Yeah. Like you, Jack. You're- I'm an American, aren't you? I am an American now. Okay. I'm for two years strong.
2: Yeah. And you people say the Great British Baking Show, right. whereas us, people in the know, people who like maybe... Found the episodes on PBS, or like maybe found them illegal. torrented the yes. British
1: versions. Yeah, it went on the deep web. Hackers is what you mean when you say us yeah. people. Yeah, you found it. You found Great British Bake Off on the deep web. That's why you were yeah. like spoiling it five seasons in advance for me. I went on
2: the Silk Road. <laughs> You're like, oh, you got season six, and everyone just kept being like, "You want to buy PCP?" I was like, yeah. "No, no, I just want Great British Bake Off, and please." <laughs> if you can just bleep that because I don't want us I to want the
1: sick. one after Mary Berry leaves
2: ooh oh that's gonna cost ya and they're all like cockney <laughs> pirates
1: yeah I, th- I think yeah. so yeah but you got it didn't you
2: uh, Jamie and I in this paternity and sorry to go back to dad talk but this yeah. is dad talk we're
1: back in two. dad talk now
2: Jamie and I while on leave have been watching a television program that I recommend called Shit's Creek
1: okay yeah and that is rude and
2: I know it's got a bad uh, dirty mouth <laughs> pun in the title yeah but it's very funny and there's a very funny character on it and he called david and he's one of the hosts of the the great canadian bake-off
1: oh wow and did you know that one. that's a
2: thing because i know you're a huge great british bake-off fan i am and you're probably looking for like a fix you know i'm and a real you want a little bit bake-off more. head
1: i guess if it's another commonwealth country i'll consider it i wouldn't watch so an american do... one no i think they tried
2: it and it didn't go well
1: americans are too crass it's not going
2: to work. Us Americans.
1: Us Americans. We Americans.
2: I think the Canadians could do a good job. I think well, Australians, Aussies I would could probably do a good job. Yeah. New Zealand? I think the New Fuck Z- yeah. The Kiwis could do an okay
1: job. Is there yeah. anyone else? India? Mm-hmm. India would be good.
2: India has surely declared their independence, but... <laughs>
1: they have. Yeah, you're, you're some years too late on that one. Yeah. I yeah, think. but it's good that you're caught Wales? Up.
2: Do we consider Wales a different country? Look,
1: this shit is very complicated, especially at the moment.
2: Northern Ireland, Great
1: Northern Ireland Bake Off. Yeah, well, I guess they're part
2: of the United Kingdom, right?
1: Yes. Um, This has been Geography Club.
2: Sandwich Islands.
1: Or we just name countries. Um, I think what I'd like for you to do. Well, first I need to weave out of the air a temporal anomaly that has come to be known affectionately as a mysterious clock. Um, Can I see that?
2: Can I see that transaction take place or I mean it, uh, am I allowed to see it? It, it, well I should ask am I capable of seeing that transaction take place
1: I would say that you already have always already seen it if okay. that makes sense Does that yeah. tense construction make sense
2: Yeah you're like Doctor Manhattan on sitting on the surface of Mars Right yeah with the, the big mysterious clock yeah sort of taken apart floating in front of you
1: Yes, so if you would like, you will have always already seen that transaction.
2: Okay, and how do I tap into that level of consciousness in order to like, am I, So I guess the question I shouldn't be asking is, can I see or am I able to see the clock? It's, am I able to comprehend the future memories I have of seeing the clock in my limited Form that I exist in now,
1: no okay. um, yeah, no, I mean it would flay your mind I
2: have but to you, I have to wait like fifty thousand years until I evolve into the sandworm,
1: right, yes, but once you do, you will have always already known it, and so that means you do know it now and are knowing it now, if that makes sense, no, no, no,
2: yeah, yeah, I get it.
1: You get it. Okay, so I'm going to weave a temporal anomaly called the Mysterious Clock. I'm going to put 60 seconds on it. During those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this novel. Hang on, i got to find my iPhone. What For what? Excuse me? For what? (laughs) Oh, wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) That's part of the process. That's part of the process. Trust the process. That's what the Philadelphia Sixers say. And...
2: And why do they say, and what does that mean when they say that? Just, I, you're such a big basketball hotshot.
1: I think what it means is that they keep tanking on their trades so they can, like, amass draft picks. Is that what it means? Yeah. yeah.
2: Sort of. Yeah. You pretty much got it. And they I did okay last it. season, but they didn't win the fucking championship. We do so not so talk. For the about process, th- am I right? do not talk about basketball on uh, this podcast. What a, hey, what a dream team the Nets are this year, huh? No, we do not talk about basketball. We got rid of D'Lo, which no, is a bummer. We, and we got rid no, of Jared no, Dudley, which I personally am bummed by. But we got no. Kyrie Irving no. and Kevin Durant,
1: two of the best I, players in
2: the NBA. So. I
1: am Mrs. Prezioso in this equation. <laughs> and we do not fucking talk about basketball. What we talk about is what happened in this novel, Claudia and the Recipe for Danger. 60 seconds beginning now.
2: Okay, there's a baking competition coming to Stony Brook, uh, led by, uh, 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 sponsored by a baking company, a dishware company, and Claudia decides that baking is a form of art and that she wants to join, and Marianne's on her team, and so is Shea Radowski, um, because 9 to 16 can join. Um, and Logan has a team as well, and a couple other people, including Koki Mason and Grace Bloom. Uh, but then Koki Mason gets sick, so it's just Grace Bloom and this woman called Mari, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, whose dad is the pastry chef at Chez Marie. Um, they have the competition, and people keep sabotaging all of the cakes. Uh, and they try to figure out who keeps doing it because the cakes all keep coming out bad. And then they set up some booby traps and figure out that, well, if it's not one of these uh, domineering parents, it must be the guy running the competition because he is dating a girl who they think is 16, but she's actually, like, 18 or 19 or whatever. And he's a, like, freshman in
1: college, so... I thought you did a really good job. I'd like to compliment you on your job. It was really, really good. You were really dialed in. You described a lot of what happened in this book.
2: B-plot is that they have uh, daycare at the thing, too. Oh,
1: Christy is a cake cop? Christy's a cake cop, yeah. Christy is really leaning into her her authoritarian impulses in these mysteries. Like when they did the mystery at the mall, she was like Paul Blart mall cop for a day. Right. And now they invent a thing for her that they're like, we need a, uh, excuse me? Did you hear that? I, I, it seemed like it was just a knocking. Should we stop the podcast to see what it what is? it, it coming is? from your end? No, it's not from me. That's I heard it over on your side.
2: It's weird. I think it's coming from... Open up! <laughs> what? Hello? What's Get happening? Get on the floor! Get on the floor! <laughs> okay. Stony Brook cake cops here! <laughs> We got reports that that the cake you left at the cake you're baking right now is (laughs)
1: underproved. It's got a soggy bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Are those (laughs) walnuts?
2: Those are going to sink right to the bottom. I thought maybe we could just do. I when I wrote this down in my na- notes, yeah. I wrote "ooh cake cop" segment. Cake cop is good. I was good. like, that's going to have legs, and Jack yeah. and I are going to have like some fun with cake cop. <laughs> but I realize now that I don't know that much about baking cakes, and I kind of ran out of stuff to talk about pretty quickly. Well, you said underproved early on. Yeah, that's a Paul. I took that right from Paul Hollywood. What else does Paul Hollywood say? Um. You won't be getting a handshake. You're going to be getting the handcuffs. And oh, that's good. Yeah. I think Paul Hollywood does the handshake too. I think it has too much gravity behind it now.
1: He does too many fucking handshakes. That's I think I it's remember. it's turned gross. It's too performative. Like it, was no, a, yeah.
2: it was a fun little like gesture like the first few seasons, but yeah. then it got too.
1: Call the cake cops on that, dude. That's what I think. I would call the cake cops if I had their number. <laughs> um, I like that segment. It's our new hit segment. It's called Cake Cops. It's our new hit segment, Cape Cops. It's hard to say, cake cops. Yeah, it's good. So Christie's a cake cop, and not gonna lie, I
2: thought cake cops would burn through a lot more tape.
1: (laughs) Okay, we can come back to it. Okay, we do need to um, say what we guessed the mystery was, and there's a song for that. Yes, Baby, baby. Liz, come on, take it away. That's your cue. So this is a segment where we say what we thought the resolution of the mystery was going to be after Chapter 5. And I did write something down after Chapter 5, Tanner, and it was not good. Okay.
2: I also wrote something down at the end of Chapter 5, and it was not good.
1: Uh, I bet it was the same. And I wrote a note on my note, and I will read them both. Note on a note. My guess was... Kyle Farmer, who is one of the boys that they're babysitting, they make us, Ann and Ellen make us learn all these new names. Julie, you. Yeah, Anne
2: and, and, two, and two Ellen, Tyler. so many
1: babies to choose from. Yeah, why? Who are these fucking people? So, but the, Kyle and Megan Farmer are these, like, kind of bad, troubled kids who are, like, I don't even know why they're there, but they're making a mess. Uh, so I honed in on them and I said Kyle Farmer is sabotaging all the baking, framing his sister because he is a bad kid who wants attention, but maybe also has some vested interest in a specific team winning. Um and then my note on my guess was after I realized what was going on was Note on a note. Note on a note was Ugh, great. I solved the B plot.
2: <laughs> you did solve the B plot and I that is <laughs> yeah,
1: I solved the B-plot.
2: Yeah, I'll say this. I never solved the B-plot, but it's only because I didn't care. It was boring and yeah, it's uh, not useless great. to the overall plot of the book. They kept bringing
1: it in. I'm just like, I don't care about this. They're brought in to do daycare for the kids, and they wrangle the kids into doing some kind of like a kid's bake-off. I couldn't really figure it out. It was stupid. Yeah. Let's be honest. Sorry, Ellen, if you're listening. The
2: B-plot was weird and weak in this one.
1: It's what we call in the business a parade B plot. Where they're yeah. like uh oh and the B plot is that there's some kind of a parade of babies. I don't know. They're organizing a baby thing. It's like a baking parade. And
2: they do they do, do a baking a baby baking parade at the end. They have a, a restaurant. Yeah. Where they serve bug salad. That's fun. Uh, my guess at the end of chapter five is actually another segment that I think I'll okay. introduce now.
1: Great, please. Okay, here we go. Are you gonna read me a poem? Yes. Oh, great. <gasps>
2: Jackie will not go gentle into that good night. No age, nor place, nor time, nor day, shall contain his eternal light. Though endless as the ancient, timeless white, because time with the boy no longer stays, Non si è tempo, catolo Cronos, no è tempo, keine Zeit. Good Jackie. Thy last wave by, crying in fright. Thy frail life might have been in a doorway. Back we must go into the dying of the light. And it's uh, Track and Jackie.
1: That's a poem for Track and Jackie, which is our segment where we talk about the fact that Jackie Rudowski is a time walker who has come unstuck from time in these novels. She's constantly having these... Accidents? Yes. Wherein it's clear that he has blipped out of time and lived an entire lifetime in another time and place and then blipped back.
2: We have to go back,
1: Into the end of his accident.
2: We have to go back. Um,
1: And so you that was my guess. Was that.
2: Well, so in chapter five, they they give this little hint that Jackie Oh yeah So Shea Radowski is on the team. Team seven with Claudia and Marianne. So
1: it's a weird fucking thing. There's a bake-off that just springs up out of nowhere. Yes. And I think there are grown-up bakers. There's the, so the first half of the day is adult bakers. Second half of the
2: day is kid bakers. Yeah.
1: And the main team that we're following, the POV team, is Team seven. Claudia, Marianne, and Shay Radowski.
2: Yeah. So Jackie is there, and in chapter five, he disappears for a little bit, and he comes back to the playroom covered in flour. Right. And everyone's like, what did you do, and what did you get up to, Jackie? And that was my guess at the end of chapter five. I said, I have no idea, Jackie, right.
1: I guess. So you think, and this might have happened, because the actual resolution to the mystery seemed fairly implausible. Um, your resolution makes more sense, and we should maybe tease it out a little bit. Which is that Jackie has come, is blipping in and out of this temporal plane. And in the course of it, like, the oven time speeds up. Yep, yep, yep. And, like, like, where the salt used to be, now sugar is, or vice versa. And, like, and that's why all the cakes get ruined. Like,
2: cornstarch has gone through some kind of, like, chemical process that usually takes, like, millennia. Right. And it has turned into salt. I
1: didn't realize this was a science show.
2: I think that's th- that's a thing, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not a scientist. No, that is
1: so science, yeah.
2: So you can ask apiologists or whatever. Yeah. So then this keeps happening. Jackie keeps reappearing after going missing with like flour or sugar all over him. Right. And it eventually comes out, and this is the most confusing and confounding part, but right. this was like this red herring. Like Ellen wanted us to think it was Jackie. Right. One of like eight red herrings in this book. Yeah. Eventually, they corner and They're like, Where have you been? What have you been doing? And he was mm. like, Oh, some lady keeps giving yeah. me baking supplies, and I was trying to bake cakes. So I want to. And I do made a
1: broken too. cake. Yeah. Let, okay. Shall I read this passage? Yeah. I brought the sugar to Marianne and headed for the locker room so I could rinse that salty taste out of my mouth. And just as I turned the corner, guess who I bumped into? Jackie Radowski, with flour all over the front of his green t-shirt. Jackie, I said, catching him before he could run off. What are you up to? uh, Nothing, he said. You haven't been fooling around with other people's things, have you? I asked. No, he said. I just, I just wanted to build my very own cake. A lady gave me some stuff to use. I can be a cook, too, just like Shay. He led me to a corner of the locker room. Where he'd been working on his cake, and this is in scare quotes, cake. I saw a forlorn, grayish lump sitting on a plate, and my heart melted. So I—I
2: think I got it. I think I got it. Okay, blip. Jackie Redowski finds himself in the early nineteen seventies at the Moslin School in. Wallacey on the We're All in Cheshire. And he's decided to give up his first academic ambitions. See, he when he was encouraged to go to, to school by his father, John, and his mother, Jillian, they really pushed him into studying scripture at the Wallacey School of Arts. But he felt so encouraged by... This person he met at his father's bakery in York—it was a, the headquarters of a chain called Air, which eventually stretched all the way down to the east coast of Aberdeen to you know,
0: Lincolnshire—that
2: mm-hmm. he stopped studying Scripture. And this is that moment. This is that moment for Jack. He's, he's learning. He's being encouraged along. He's learning, and he's giving up the study of the illuminated word in order to pursue his true passion, which is baking and then he eventually would go on to become head baker of a number of hotels including the dorchester the chester gosvener and spa and the cleveden hotel um and then he left the uk for cyprus where he worked at two different resorts and then he had a number of television programs including bbc one's the generation game and the Heaven and Earth show and ITV's This Morning and then eventually uh, in late 2010 Jackie Radowski, uh became a judge on the BBC program The Great British Bake Off
1: and then he flips back
2: and then he flips back into
1: our world and all that is left of him the, the price that he paid for this life of fame for getting out of the because de- you skipped the part in the Wikipedia where he made a deal with the devil to be a baker instead of studying the Lord's word right? and, the, and what the devil said is you will have 15 years as the star of Britain's greatest television show but in exchange when you're finished I will turn you into a f- forlorn grayish lump sitting on a plate Wow, And that's what's left
2: I don't think I've ever heard anything Any set of words describe Paul Hollywood better
1: (laughs) Underproved Paul In the end (laughs) The one thing you feared the most The one thing you feared And that's why he's so hard on people about it Because he knows that that's what's going to happen to him One day He's going to be underproved on a fucking plate in the, like, dark anteroom of Stony Brook Middle School.
2: Right? And that was my guess, and I was wrong, so...
1: Yeah. Your, your, that was your guess, was that Jackie Rudowski was blipping in and out of Paul Hollywood's body... Yes. ...until the two became bifurcated, and one of them was just a gray lump on a plate. Yep. And in the course of it, it kind of fucked up everyone's bakes.
2: Yeah, and that wasn't the mystery. It was the guy running the contest. That's
1: not the mystery, but it might be the plot of one of the like later British Bake Off seasons that we haven't seen.
2: Yeah, just to clarify to Baby Nation though, um, one of the teammates had this woman with two overbearing parents who are local restaurant owners. Yeah, and they were really pushing her to win. And the contest runner, this guy from the cookware company, this guy
1: called Mickey. Was canoodling with her and he sabotaged all the bakes. Yep. And in the process killing or almost killing a number of people.
2: Yeah, could have. Yeah, he yeah. almost burned the gymnasium down. Um, there was something about rat poison. Someone's yeah. gonna rat poison someone. I don't remember exactly who.
1: Yeah, so there's I'll read you this. And I, so this is in my 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 big question for the day, Tanner. Yeah. Is how I opened the show and how I'd like to continue. Thinking about this novel with you. Okay. Because it's a question that is posed by Ellen Miles and Ann M. Martin. But not answered in any obvious way in the book. What is the recipe for danger? What is the recipe for danger? Because we get a recipe for like a, a blueberry, like a cherry cake, right? That actually,
2: what you're saying. Yeah. Now. Mm. And this question you're posing, yeah, sounds like the the perfect title to oh an iBooks review. Okay, for this book.
1: Okay, so what we like to do is review these books. Uh, so Tim Cook is the uh, CEO of Apple. Yeah, and Jody Ive's is gone now.
2: Every week, Tim Cook comes to us, and he's he's got some new app or website in his crosshairs. And this yeah. week, he's like. I'm enjoying the YouTube presence of bon appetit mm-hmm. a little bit too much
1: yeah can you take them down
2: and I I want a piece of that and I yeah. want you guys to take bon appetit down yeah
1: and so he asked us if Chris we Morocco
2: could... Claire Savitz, uh, Brad
1: all those guys
2: I want them all eliminated and I want in you guys the fucking to do it via
1: rearview mirror
2: iBooks reviews yeah,
1: yeah. and he's his position, iBooks Reviews, as the Facebook killer, the YouTube killer, and we are... He, he described to us in an email, I don't know if he was just puffing us up, but as, as his crack team of assassins, comma, his secret weapon. Yeah, he said Kill Squad. Yeah, Kill Squad, which I really, really appreciated from Tim. Because yeah. that's he's not somebody who's like... He's an influential guy. Yeah. No, exactly. And he's taken the time... Uh, to build this incredible social network, which is the iBooks Reviews. Yeah. And and to find influencers like us of our caliber to kind of really lead the charge. And what he likes us to do is to review the Babysitters Club books, and this week we're gonna be reviewing this book. And I think the best way to do that is to really zero
2: in on what actually is the recipe for disaster. Okay.
1: For, is what for, it is. Da- for danger is for danger for danger yeah okay so I'm gonna review this book I'm in iBooks I'm I'm in the um this is like Tron what do they say when they when they do Tron oh
2: yeah hey hey, hey it's the big master control program everybody's
0: been talking about
2: jacking off or jacking <laughs> in
0: games you want games I'll give you
1: games <gasps> jacking in
0: <laughs> yeah
1: is that what they say for Tron maybe like I'm in the I'm in the machine man or like lawnmower man.
2: Oh, yeah, or like Ghost in the Machine.
1: Ghost in the Machine. I'm mean, i the ghost in the machine now. Yeah. I just don't know any of the catchphrases. What does Matrix Man say? It. What does Keanu say?
2: Oh, jacking in. Jacking in.
1: Okay. All right, so I'm jacked in.
2: Yeah, I'm going to jack in with you.
1: Okay, let's jack in together. Um,
2: jacking on?
1: Jacking <laughs> on is good. Okay. All right, so we shake it together?
2: Yeah. One, two, three. This will feel a little weird.
1: I'm jacking checking on. on. Okay. And I did like that. It was good to say and it felt good. Um Okay, so five stars, right? Yes, obviously. Yes. Five stars. Fucking fantastic. Let me At- Claudia Yeah.
2: Claudia book. Yep.
1: Claudia book. Stacy's not even in it.
2: Stacy's just back from from a she- tiff.
1: She's mentioned as being back from her apostasy, as being yeah. back from her 40 days in she's the desert. She's been wandering in the desert. Yeah. Uh, but other than dead. that, she doesn't have a role A great
2: white desert called Robert
1: Brewdoggy yeah, That's Brewster. right. Oh, God. That's true. Cool. Cool. That that's cool. is cool. Is that from the book? It's from my book. Yeah. Okay. It's called The Bible. So the, the title, obviously, is going to be, what is a recipe for danger?
2: Yeah. And then I think the cool way to phrase this is, like,
1: two parts
2: blank. One part blank. Okay.
1: Stir in a pinch of blank. Oh, I love this. Okay. Uh... Two parts rat poison? Yep. Rat poison. Claudia does buy a rat poison at one point. Maybe we save rat poison for the end. So we say two parts inspiration.
2: Oh, I, so I love this. I love doing a recipe of um, intangible concepts.
1: Yes, right? Yeah. yeah. Two parts inspiration. One part. A dash of intrigue. A dash of intrigue. This is great. And just a pinch of surprise.
2: Yeah. Heat over medium high until browned. Then fold into the egg mixture.
1: Then okay, and that, this is getting pretty recipe-ish. Is that you oh, okay. cool with that? <laughs> Should we, we pull can... back from that a little bit?
2: How about how about this? And then okay. fold into the thrill mixture.
1: Okay, that's great. And then fold into the thrill mixture. And then now we should get recipe-ish and we should have dangerous things. So add... Ooh, I know.
2: Prove yep. for 69 minutes. Do you think we'll get... And it's kind of it's like a sexual energy to it, you know?
1: Don't you think that Tim Cook would ban the review if we said something that dirty? Because that's the sex number.
2: I know it's a sex number, but I think it, we're not saying anything explicitly sexual. And I think Tim wants us to be like a little bit horny. Because you're not Tim. What about Tim's this? a little bit horny.
1: What about proof for 68 minutes or so?
2: Okay. Proof for 68 minutes, then let's stand for one additional minute. Okay, there we go. Let's stand at room temperature.
1: At room temperature. Um, Add or... rat poison.
2: Well, apply um, a dusting of rat poison to a work surface.
1: Okay. What else is dangerous? There's kissing in this book. Yeah. That's not, that's dangerous in a different kind of way that I think doesn't work with the metaphor. Uh, oh, sabotage is dangerous. Sabotage
2: is dangerous, yeah.
1: What's a complicated cooking thing? Ooh, sous vide. Okay, so sous vide up some. Um... Sabotage. No, it's because we're going to use sous vide up some. Sex?
2: No! I was kissing. No, and it maybe is like it makes it a little spicy, you know. Um,
1: some romantic chemistry. I'm trying to keep this fucking PG-13, and you keep putting sex stuff in it.
2: How about sexual chemistry? Because I like the alliteration of sous vide up some sexual chemistry, something, and sabotage.
1: Okay, S- sous vide up some sexual chemistry, um, comma, S- scintillating. No, just one word.
2: Okay, it's sexual chemistry. I'm going to Google S words. Okay, so we have sabotage. um, Suspense. Suspense, of course. Suspense
1: and sabotage.
2: Can we say sexual intrigue instead of sexual chemistry? Because it's not clear from the book whether or not Marty and what's her face? Well,
1: we can't say intrigue because we already have it.
2: Okay, so here's a synonym for intrigue, and I think this is perfect. Mm -hmm. Some sexual chicanery. Okay. That's the top suggestion.
1: Suvied up some sexual chicanery, suspense, and Chica- sabotage. Chicanery. Um, Did we make a roux at the beginning? Because I feel like you definitely need a roux.
2: Yeah, let's... Okay, and then... In the meantime, and this is something saying HelloFresh recipes a lot. Yeah. And though the like I'm not struggling to just like, yeah, so like <laughs> keep up with <laughs> like
1: covered in fucking flour and like meat juices and shit. Okay. In the meantime. Like, and, then, and then do a very
2: delicate thing and put this thing on the stove. In yeah. the meantime, it's like, no, no, yeah. there is no meantime HelloFresh. Yeah. All my concentration and effort is going into this first thing. Anyway, in the meantime, prepare a
1: roux. Prepare a roux. Pour in time travel, um, two other things, a da- uh, uh, a, a tablespoon. Should I say tabuspa or a tablespoon? Tabuspa. One tabuspa. Uh, jealousy. Adult on kid crime. I said jealousy. That's fine. Pour pour in time travel. One tabuspa, jealousy, and some good clean babysitting fun. Half a cup of good clean. Baby sitting. And I'll put the hyphen in there. Fun.
2: Yes. Great. And you have Babysitter's Club Mystery Number
1: 21. That's the recipe for danger. I was thinking we could give him the recipe for danger here and then we can just say underneath also, this is a great book.
2: Yeah, we loved it. We loved this one.
1: Um, is it, does that feel like enough or do you want to say something about the plot? Or no, that's plenty. That feels good. Okay, that's Jack oh, Shepard. Too much. And Tanner. Yes, we love this one. I'm going to read this back to you. Ready?
2: Yeah, make sure it scans.
1: Five stars. What is the recipe for danger? Two parts inspiration, a dash of intrigue, and just a pinch of surprise. Heat over medium-high until brown. Then fold into the thrill mixture. Prove for 68 minutes. Then let stand at room temperature for one additional minute. Apply a dusting of rat poison to a work surface sous vide up some sexual chicanery suspense and sabotage in the meantime prepare a roux, pour in time travel one tablespoon jealousy and half a cup of good clean babysitting fun also this is a great book and we loved it and we loved this one
2: that's no keep that
1: yeah also this is a great book and we loved it and we loved this one jack Shepard and tanner green ring p.s. we love this one. yep good that's great do you yep. feel good about this Yep. I'm going to hit submit. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're welcome, Tim. There you go, Tim. Uh, And as is our tradition, after doing these increasingly lengthy reviews, uh, let's take a quick break. Yes, please. Okay. Goodbye.
2: Okay. Bye.
1: Mystery. Tanner, we have not talked. It's just me. Okay.
2: And one other man in the co-working space tonight. Okay. And we're both just quietly sitting in... Phone booths, doing things, and all the lights in the building keep turning off automatically. Wow! Until one of us moves.
1: Have you interacted?
2: No, we just we're we're like ships passing in the night. We just kind of keep turning on the automatic lights for one another.
1: Do you think he's also talking about the Babysitters Club with another man?
2: Could be. That'd be weird. (laughs) On the phone. Should I ask him? Yes. He's in a he's in a glass conference room. So I can see him, but he can't see me.
1: Do it, it'll be like in that scene in Goodwill Hunting. Oh right. And you can just hold you can hold up the cover of this book and be like, How do you like that mystery? And he's like To the glass. He looks at it and he's like, Oh You're, Oh wait, you have to be like, Do you like mysteries? And be like, What do you mean? Do you like mysteries? And then hold up the mystery. How do, how do you like, like this mystery? How do you like this mystery? Right. That's good. I got a number. That's good. <laughs> I think it would be worth trying. Don't you think? He seems busy. He seems you can like make he's a connection a biz. He's like a biz bro. with a friend.
2: He's like a biz bro. I don't okay.
1: want to bother him. Jack. I was asking you something. What? Wasn't I? We're dancing around to mix metaphors. We're dancing around the elephant in the room. Okay.
2: And you want to confront it?
1: I want to confront it.
2: All right. I'll say it. Okay. If you had a charm on a charm bracelet, it would be you kissing T.S. Eliot.
1: Okay. that's wasn't it. And that was just a, it, it was the chapter two device. Every week there's a new chapter two device and sometimes they're better than others. And this week the chapter two device was that Claudia has a charm bracelet with all of her favorite things on the charm bracelet. Like or, uh, one is a crayon. And then she it does a fantasy sequence about what charm she would put if she put one on for all the Babysitter's Club members.
2: Right, and if she put one on for Jack Shepard, it would be a charm of Jack
1: kissing T.S. Eliot on the lips. I don't think they make that. It's too literal, and I think you have misunderstood how this would work.
2: No, because, like, Christie's is like a baseball bat, and Stacy's is a credit card.
1: Yeah, exactly, and Mallory's is a pencil. And yours
2: would be you
1: french kissing Kissing yeah i understand what you're saying but i don't think they would make i think it would be something more metaphorical it'd be like me sitting on a beach laughing knowingly to myself over a copy of the ariel poems okay and what would mine be just a nerd it'd probably be like a what's the isn't there a green lantern symbol it'd probably be kissing
2: green lantern on the mouth
1: Oh, do they have those? Yeah, it would me. be you kissing uh, Kyle Rayner. The he's my least favorite. Kyle, agent, yeah, so and, that's, I, who I, I and anything, that's who you're kissing. And that's who you're kissing. It's Kyle. I Rainer. would hate that. <laughs> yeah, and
2: Claudia has me all wrong if that's what she thinks. Because <laughs> I would at least be kissing Hal Jordan or Guy Gardner, probably Guy Gardner.
1: You'd be like, Claudia, you literally could not have got this more wrong. Yeah, Kyle Rayner. Yeah come on <laughs> this is the polar opposite of
2: what my charm would be <laughs> i would never be kissing
1: kyle rayner guy, guy gardner you would, guy kiss. gardner
2: and that's what you wanted to talk
1: about no tanner alma alma guess who's back alma's back back again tell a friend because alma's well, back my
2: only friend here well tell now. me then do you want me to text
1: someone text tell the guy in the fucking glass booth
2: alma's back
1: hey hey sorry (laughs) alma's back (laughs) alma's back so they do a very bad job in the baking competition they do a terrible job and um claudia is good at decorating cakes but she's not good at making cakes i don't know what the fuck she's doing she's building them out of cardboard or something because they taste like garbage yeah but they look great and the only way to save it marianne realizes is if she can get a copy of this fabled recipe from the Soul Baker. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she is called the Soul Baker. She's called the Soul Baker, and they're baking a fucking cake from the Soul Baker. Tanner, it's her last gift. The Soul Baker. It's beautiful. Her soul is in this cake.
2: And then it makes it into a cookbook, because they win yeah. the competition, and that's something we have not talked about yet. But Marianne, Claudia, and Shay win the competition with the Soul Baker's recipe.
1: At the last minute, they're going to bake a dumb cake that Claudia came up with. And then Mr. Spear runs in with new ingredients. It's okay, he said. I've cleared it with the judges. They said it was all right for me to bring you this stuff. But what is it? Marianne asked. It's the ingredients for Alma's chocolate cherry cake. Your grandmother called me with the recipe after you left this morning. He held up a piece of paper covered with scribbles. You're kidding, said Marianne. She grabbed the paper and started to read through it. This is fantastic and just in the nick of time. She turned to me. Your icing design will still work perfectly with this cake, she said. Thanks, Mr. Spear, said Shay, as he took the bag and started to unload it. I cleared some of the ingredients for my cake off the counter. I was relieved that we wouldn't have to make my cake after all. We owe you one, I told Marianne's father. Just save me a piece of that cake, he said. I've been craving it for a long, long time now. Oh, that's so sad and it's the last piece of alma the baker herself He's been alma baker's wife it's cake for so long yes and He's that's it fuck that
2: piece of cake
1: no and now you said a bad thing don't didn't you think you? no and you said she's a bad the thing she's a soul baker she puts
2: her soul into this no. cake that cake is her that cake it's um what's it called when jesus does it he doesn't no with the bread transubstantiation it's transubstantiation that's her body <laughs> Okay, and Richard Spear takes a look at that, and he's like, "Oh, okay. yeah, mama." And, it's,
1: and I should disclaim that I'm going to pork that kid. Although, I, okay, and although I hate this line of discussion, it is within the bounds of matrimony, so it's actually very sweet and not and horrifying. It's within the bounds of refrigerator play,
2: <laughs> so it checks all the boxes for Richard. Yeah. Okay. It's and, like a dream come true for him. Yeah. His long dead wife, who he worships- Comes back in a cake. transubstantiated into a cake. Yeah. A
1: cake? Okay, and he has conjugal relations with a cake.
2: Hachi machi, right? And that's what you were going to say?
1: I, I literally have, have no idea what I was going to say anymore because I'm <laughs> so fully, fully horrified. Yeah. By- Hachi machi- M- this thing that I clearly missed in the book that is definitely a thing that is implied by Ellen Miles.
2: Yeah, he's been craving her. Oh uh, boy.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know. They call the cake Alma's memory cake.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright. Richard remembers.
1: Let's, okay, okay. I have nothing more to say on this topic. Let's, <sighs> Let's. um, let's see if we can find some other things that might be in the recipe for Do gang- you want me to read you a poem? Please. Okay.
2: Oh. Oh, Taunt, thou art sick. A very good bird that stings you so right. A knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh, so soon it will cause me to have to call the bird unit.
1: It's our bird of the week, and it's just in the nick of time. Uh, it's where we find a burn in this book. Did I find one? Jesus, it was a burn light book. It was a, it was a pretty burn light book. Yikes! Alan Miles didn't even try this week with burns. What? What uh, shall I say? Mine? Um, yeah. Unless do you want me to go first? But mine is extremely weak. Okay, here's mine. Pepperoni. No sausage. What about extra cheese? I vote for anchovies. Ew. The people talking were in order. Grace. Oh, yeah. Grace Bloom is, like, their best Grace friend Bloom's in this. in this
2: one, and they become allied with her. Best
1: friends. It's, it's yeah. huge. It's a huge part of the plot. It, it drives Cookie insane. Cookie has bronchitis. Yeah, she's sick, and she's one of the red herrings, where it's like, oh, is she really sick? Is she sabotaging? No, she's just genuinely sick. Thanks for fucking asking. She was really ill, and she might not have made it.
2: Yeah, thanks for asking.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I Have a little it, compassion. Just look. I know you don't babies. like her. Okay, because she's apparently the enemy of the BSC, but have a little compassion. She could have fucking died. Right. Um, but it turns out that Grace Bloom, when she's not under the influence of Koki, is like just tons of fun. They just have a blast with her. They really yeah, get along she's well. Nice. They go out for pizza. I vote for anchovies. Ew. The people talking were in order. Grace, me, Marianne, Logan, and everybody. Hardly anybody really likes anchovies, except maybe Christy and her friend Bart. For everyone else, they're just a big joke. Mentioning them always gets a huge reaction. Yeah. It's a burn on anchovies. The fish. Yeah. They're a fucking big joke. They died for your fucking pizza, asshole. Imagine that.
2: Imagine being this thing that just lives in the ocean happily, right? Yeah. Just living your fucking life. It's like, I'm not bothering no one. No one's yeah. bothering me. As far as I know, everyone has... Nothing but the utmost respect for me, as I do for them.
1: And it's a song from uh, Little Mermaid that's playing under what they're saying. Yeah. Under the the sea. Under the sea.
2: And you're like, I'm just going to live my fucking life. Yeah. Just assume that everything is good. Right. And then you are caught in a net all of a sudden. Yeah. And you and all your family and all your friends are dragged into the air. Yep. The open air. And you can't fucking breathe. -hmm. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I'm just trying to live my life and trying to respect other people and other beings. Right. And then you're killed and pickled and salted and put on a pizza so that someone can make a joke about you.
1: Yeah. And then they order you as a joke? Yeah. At your funeral, all the other anchovies are like, oh, what happened? What happened to him? Right. And it's like, oh, he was ordered as a joke on a pizza. Right. As a joke. They didn't even fucking bear it. it. They threw it in the trash.
2: They didn't eat it. They just got it, and they're like, look, Bart. Look, Christy. It's the thing you like. And Christy and Bart are like, ah, we'll eat it. And they're like, no, it's gross. We're throwing
1: it It's a joke. And anchovies are a joke. And dead anchovies are an even funnier joke, apparently. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks, Ellen and Anne. It's for that burn. And it is the sickest burn of all time.
2: So now your burn ended up actually being pretty good. Yep. Yeah, I did. I'm worried felt... that mine's bad.
1: Is it? Can I guess what your burn is? Yeah. Can I guess what your burn is? Just because I know you can't resist it. It's pretty early on. It goes like this: I go to Stony Brook Middle School when school's in session. That is, school is my favorite thing in the whole world. Nah. Not. Yeah. <laughs> <Poor I> voice. <laughs> Not. Nah. Is that your bird? No, that's pretty good. <laughs> Maybe that I just, just wrote burn. down Tanner will pick this as his burn. Um, what's your burn, man? Just tell me. It's a safe space here. Well, Claudia had a pretty brutal self-burn. Okay.
2: How about if we go over to Charlotte's and see if Stacy would like to walk downtown with us, I asked Jamie. Yay, said Jamie. Can we have an ice cream? Ice cream, I said. Yuck. How about liver instead? Okay, and that's a joke to you, Claudia? Yeah. You're just a fucking cow living in the, the field. Yeah. Living your life. And- Someone comes along and kills you and serves up your liver to a girl and a boy in Zorinburg, Connecticut, and it's a In joke. a cone?
1: In a waffle cone?
2: And it's apparently a joke to you? Yuck, how about liver instead? Jamie shrieked with laughter. No, ice cream, he said, jumping up and down. Oh, all right, I said. I just thought you'd rather have liver. Jamie laughed some more. Kids love wacky things like that, and I love to say them. Sometimes I think my sense of humor never developed past the four-year-old stage.
1: (laughs) That is a self burn. Yeah, nobody, everybody was fine with it. Claudia, we were all just quietly enjoying your joke until we were like, um, maybe she does have a dramatically medically underdeveloped sense of humor.
2: Debilitated. Oh, that's
1: really troubling. Right. Um, self burn. Tanner, can I read you a poem? Oh, yes. And then I have a new poem for you that i prepared. Fucking great. Okay. Here's mine. It goes like this. They walk in beauty, night and noon. These handsome men who do their worst. Singing their beguiling tune. I find myself immersed in thirst. Or, as the youth say, hashtag swoop with hashtag vapors.
2: I've been
1: cursed Ooh. It's our, found
2: a hot boy that made you horny this week That's team. our
1: hashtag swoon segment Where we talk about the boys that made us horny Oh and there's
2: two hot boys who made us horny this week
1: There's a whole table of them Team six First, we tried to remember all the details of the crimes. Marianne and I figured out that whoever had sabotaged our cake on Saturday must have watched us closely and gone to our station when everybody on our team was away from it. There was only one time that had happened. Marianne was washing out a bowl in the locker room. Shay was fetching some water, and I was, I admit it, kind of flirting with the cute boy team at the next station. Mickey Stone, the blonde boy, has the sweetest smile.
2: He just sounds like he has the sweetest smile. And the other one has, like, beautiful eyes. They're in this book in a
1: way that I wanted more of them.
2: Yeah, they get cut. They get kind of cut. Well, then the, she ends up getting his number at the end. She gets and his they number. may go on a date. But, frankly, I've read all of the Babysitter's Club. I've read all of the Babysitter's club. There's no specials. one called
1: fucking Mickey. Mickey's not. He's Think not about that baby. boy she met at camp in uh, the second Super Special. Will. Will. Right. They're still writing fucking passionate love letters to each other five years later. And this guy, Mickey, he's at a whole table of cute boys and is the cutest of them all. Nothing. Nothing. I hashtag swooned. I woke up. Everybody was gone. <laughs> cute. I thought everyone else was going to hashtag swoon. So I hashtag yeah. swooned. And then I'm looking around and everybody's just gone. It's like just like cake batter and like dirty cutlery. And the whole thing has been packed up. And maybe they'll go on a date, but we know they won't because we've read all of these books. Well,
2: good. Yeah, they were hot, horny boys. Yeah, <laughs> they sure week.
1: were. The whole table of them. <laughs>
2: um, I have a new segment.
1: Okay, is it about how Mr. Spear fucked a cake? Because I don't want to hear it if it is.
2: Um, okay, well, I have another new segment Okay. that I want to introduce. And I prepared a poem. <laughs> okay. Can I read it? Please, I'm delighted to hear it. <clears throat> okay, here we go. <laughs> Off I had read of Pete Black. In these texts I do enjoy, and I chance to see in a mystery this solitary boy. No friend nor fan did Pete Black know, he dwelt in the fables of yore. The coolest dude in the brook of stone, beside the girls of lore.
1: That is beautiful.
2: You yet may spy Jamie come back, or Shay, or Lou, or Rosie, but memory of our Peter Black is all we can hold closely. Tonight will be a drunken deed, so segments we must plan. And give the book a careful read, let Ellen guide our hand. That, dear Jack, I'll gladly do. Tis scarcely 9 p.m. The riddle babies can't count on you tonight to entertain them. At this, Jack Shepard raised his beer. He cracked into a cold one. He mused on Kant and Heidegger, while Tanner got some work done.
1: Wow. I love. Uh... The text
2: was scoured to and fro. Okay, there's with more many a wanton scan. To quote Henry David Thoreau, things don't change. We can. Fifteen came on before its time. He wandered through the text, and so few bits did Tanner find. His mind it soon was vexed. <laughs> and wretched Jack, drunk on Bordeaux. Was shouting far and wide, his contributions to the show fell off to the wayside. <laughs> At close to ten, Jack did come to, and considered what to say, but his thoughts muddled by boundless brew. No jokes to him came this day.
1: Wow, that and that is all. He all wept okay. and turning
2: screenward cried. Oh, Tanner, I need your genius. My wit that once was glorified is as flaccid as my penis. Okay. But on deaf ears, did Jack's pleas fall? For through the Zoom window, no co-host joined Jack on the call. None to carry the show. But where was Tanner? Time was nigh. The podcast almost over. Just one more bit before goodbye before Jack's rough hangover. And that's when Jack, in drunken haze, did see his dearest friend lost deep within the written page. Jack could not comprehend. For what he found to bring them joy, which Tanner showed to Jack, he'd found a solitary boy. He'd found dearest Pete
1: Pete Black. Black. And that's the end of it.
2: And that's the end of the poem. Holy yeah, it was a long fuck. one,
1: I guess, huh? And and you wrote it. I wrote it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I love paternity leave Tanner.
2: Because he's got all the time in the he's world. He's got all the time in the world. To write that a was a masterpiece. poem.
1: <laughs> and did you take all of William Wordsworth's Lucy Gray? Uh, most of it. <laughs> and put Pete Black and Jack and Tanner words to it? Yeah. I think most it is of it possibly your finest work even though i said there was a
2: whole bit about there about how your mind is as flaccid as your penis
1: which is not at all is how i read didn't
2: it. love that no
1: i i read that as being not at all
2: okay and that's how i meant it um <laughs> good these cakes aren't gonna fuck themselves these cakes aren't gonna fuck themselves <laughs> team one barf koki grace and mari uh, team two okay shall well, Julie... we say what this is this is where we talk oh, about Pete Black, Black moment it's where the peep, <laughs> yeah. it's the moment in the book where Pete Black we used
1: to just sing like a little bit of an ACDC song and now we do the entirety of Wordsworth's Lucy Gray with new adapted lyrics right uh, Weird Al Yankovic eat your heart out yeah okay it's our Pete Black moment of the week yeah so uh, Claudia
2: goes through and uh, or actually Marianne goes through and catalogs all the teams in the bake-off Okay. And leave some some brief notes. Right. Team one is Barf, and it's Cokie, Grace, and Mari, except that Koki is out
1: because she has um, yeah. bronchitis. Oh, and she's fine. It turns out she's okay. Thanks for asking. Team two
2: is the out-of-towners, Julie Liu, Sinai Chow, and Celeste Basquette.
1: Mm-hmm. Julie um, Liu, it turns out, is older than she should be and is disqualified and also her boyfriend, sabotaged the contest and was the criminal
2: team three pete black erica blumberg and lauren hoffman that's another sms team probably not a team to worry about is marianne
1: fuck you marianne fuck you i don't know who lauren hoffman is
2: she's a um blessed being who's walked in the presence of Pete Black. yeah
1: and erica blumberg is the is the underrated queen of the stony brook middle school newspaper right
2: um. yep, and that's how they're referred. To the editors of the newspapers, when they're women, are called
1: queens of the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah,
2: and when they're men, they're called kings of the newspaper.
1: Yeah, and that is how that works. Um, and that's Pete Black.
2: And that's the whole. Yep, that's his one appearance. He got cut. His team got cut in the first round.
1: But so he doesn't actually. No, he doesn't have a speaking part. Oh, he no, no, no. doesn't. That's that's his, the one mention. His SAG credit.
2: That's the one mention, and, and okay. that's why I prepared a 15 – that's why <laughs> I spent uh, an hour and a half today preparing a 15 stanza poem. I really want to dwell on how good it was. Do you want I, – so I, do you want me to send you the poem for your notes in case there's another p Black moment in the Oh, books? yes. Okay. And then you're not going to amend the phrasing at all, are you? I'm looking at it now. Yeah.
1: That's when – Oh Tanner, I need your genius. That's not something I would say. Oh, a drunk on Bordeaux. I pro. I don't. I prefer a cab. Um. His thoughts muddled by boundless brew. No jokes came. Yeah. No. This does seem rude. I'm realizing now.
2: I think as long as it you keep it fairly intact. Yeah. I'm happy for you to read this for the next Pete Black moment.
1: Okay. that's I appreciate that. And I will probably take a few liberties with it because you've got some things. I wrong, prefer you didn't actually. Historically wrong. Um, yeah, I
2: did send that entire poem to my wife now, just now as well. Okay, good.
1: <laughs> and like woke her up. She's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like the baby just got to sleep. Yeah.
2: And then she gets a, a long poem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, good. Do we have anything else? Oh, do we figure out what the recipe for danger is? Um, There's this rat poison. Can I redo this rat poison passage? Because it comes up. We sort of talked
2: about it quite a bit in the review.
1: Let me redo this passage about rat poison because it's unresolved. Why Ellen even put this in the book. Marianne goes to Home Depot. Yes. And the following exchange occurs. Are you finding everything you need, miss? I turned around and saw a smiling, bald-headed clerk wearing a green apron. Do you think that's the gray man? I think that's the gray man.
2: It's the gray man. Oh, gosh.
1: Okay, and now He just
2: keeps rearing his head, huh? Yeah,
1: and listen, it it kind of puts into a much more interesting light what he next says, the conversation they have. If this is the gray man, who, as you know, is the arch criminal who is behind all of these mysteries and he keeps turning up in book after book, I turned around and saw a smiling, bald-headed clerk wearing a green apron. I checked the list in my hand. Let's see. I have the forty-watt light bulb, the strapping tape, and the rubber plug for the bathroom sink. I guess all I'm missing is the ant poison. Here mm. we go, Miss," said the clerk, showing me the shelf where three different. More types. sinister. Yeah, and that wasn't sinister enough. It's that was like jaunty. Yeah. Was- Here we go, Miss. Here we go, Miss. Here we go, miss, said the clerk, showing too me sexy. the shelf. That was too sexy? Yeah. Uglier. Here we go, miss. No, that's just angry. Hang on, hang on. Let me channel the the gray man. Can you do that
2: um, Cockney Pirate you did from earlier?
1: The Cockney Pirate? Can you do the
2: Cockney Pirate you did from earlier, but like more American?
1: No. Okay. Cause, well, because Cockney is a big part of it. What did the Cockney Pirate there say?
2: There we go, mice.
1: Here we go, miss. So it's yeah, that guy, good. but American. Now, that
2: guy is actually a British actor who's been cast okay. for an American part.
1: Okay, so I'm like one of the guys from The Wire. Yeah. I'm Idris Elba or the other, or McNulty. McNulty. Okay. Okay, so let me do the British one first, and then I'm just going to make him American. Yeah. Here we go, miss. And then, as an American, he says, Here we go, miss.
2: That's, uh, that, and you got it
1: perfectly. Okay, good. Said the clerk, showing me the shelf where three different types of ant poison were displayed. Which one is the strongest? I asked. We had a big ant problem in the garage, and my mom was worried that they were going to start finding their way into the kitchen if we didn't take care of them now. People have had good luck with this one, said the clerk, pointing to a brand packaged in a bright red box. It looks deadly, I said. Oh, it is, replied the clerk with a chuckle. And then that goes nowhere.
2: They don't yeah. show the ants getting poisoned. They don't show the ants getting poisoned. And- Grace Bloom
1: is there, and she's worried that Marianne's going to put the poison in the cake. But she doesn't. It,
2: well, doesn't she? That we know of. Well, I guess she doesn't because she got caught, right? Right, she Maybe got she
1: was going to. Or maybe she did, and fucking Jackie Radowski keeps putting back time until she does not
2: Oh, yeah.
1: He's the only one that saved us.
2: Maybe she did, but then she was saboteured. Right. And her cake was burned and no one ate it.
1: Oh, and what it became was this small, gray, underproved mass. little mask that was once Paul Hollywood, now yeah. nothing a on a pill. plate.
2: Wow. And he knows that, too, is the thing. Those shockwaves ripple back to the modern day.
1: That was the deal he made, and we have solved this mystery, and now we have solved this mystery.
2: Paul Hollywood is Dr. Manhattan sitting on the surface of Mars, contemplating (sighs) an exploded clock.
1: And the world is underproved. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And it's all according to the gray man's plan. I am so glad that we solved this mystery, and I'm now realizing that that is what Ellen wants us to do, is to solve the real mystery, and we have solved it. And we did solve it.
2: And that's something we should start doing every week is solving the real mystery.
1: This is the real mystery, and we did solve it. We're all but puppets in the
2: grand puppet show. And And who's pulling the strings? Paul Hollywood. Hollywood. And who's pulling his strings? The gray man. Yeah. And here we all are. And here we all are. And the devil laughs. Wow. And that's a meme video.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's my meme of the week. And that's your meme of the week. And this week we're both leaving, and it's time to go. And I am going. You know that video? It's just like someone, some overblown conspiracy. It's like
2: a middle-aged woman at like some kind of conference where she's talking about Monster Energy Drink. Okay. (laughs) And she's like, "If you look at the Monster logo, it's actually six 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 in Hebrew."
0: Bottoms up, and the double laps. Something to think
1: about. <laughs> okay. And is it? Because I have had that before. You've had that? Yeah. Oh boy. But it also says monster on it. Isn't
2: that scary enough? Well, what's a monster, Jack? Exactly. You Who know, the so ultimate you... monster is? Satan.
1: Oh, the gray man.
2: And the devil laughed. Okay. And that's what she says at the end of the video.
1: That's good. That sounds yeah. like good content. Tenor, I really would love to leave and go. Yeah, okay. Okay. And I think we should get the fuck out of here. Uh, Tanner, I would like to thank you for bearing with me this week. Yep. And Riddle Babies, I would like It was like really to... no problem. Great, and I'm glad to hear that. And Riddle Babies, I would like to thank you for bearing with us this week. And Riddle Babies, I would like to ask you a favor. Please do go immediately and subscribe to our Patreon. Yes, please. Which you can find at patreon.com. Patreon.com
2: slash Podcast.
1: And it's very good, and we sing the intros, and it's about the little sister books, and it's
2: Only $5 a month, which is not a lot
1: in the scheme of things.
2: And know this, Baby Nation, Mm -hmm. it goes into a shared account that Jack and I have Mm -hmm. and just sits there. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's so far what's been happening with it.
2: Jack is only (laughs) semi-employed. My future is uncertain, but I do have a young son to care for.
1: Do you like that we have a shared bank account?
2: And we have a shared bank account.
1: One day they'll go to... Either a year of daycare for me in Austin, or a month of daycare for you in New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, thank you to everybody who has already subscribed to the Patreon. We really appreciate it. Um, please take a moment. Money is in good hands. Go and buy our merch, which you can find at bit.ly/bsccmerch. slash We got a lot of great shirts and more coming as soon as Shana finishes her strike against the patriarchy. T shirt design that she's working on. And please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Take a moment, give us five stars, and say a nice thing. Those are our demands. Yes, please. And upvote our reviews of these books on Tim Cook's Facebook Killer.
2: Say you found the review helpful. It's the only way we'll be able (laughs) to kill
1: Facebook Foursquare. And the Bon Appetit Appetit channel on YouTube. On YouTube, yep. Great. We've got a lot of things that we have to ask you at the end of the episode, and we have asked you all of them. And so all that remains for me is to say that this week we read a novel that was called Mystery Number 21, Claudia and the Recipe for Danger. Next week, we're going to be reading a novel called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 22, Stacy and the Haunted Masquerade. Not interested. I think this is what Eyes Wide Shut was based on. Yeah, I've
2: seen that, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's based on a book?
1: Yeah, Stacey and the Haunted Masquerade. Okay, yeah. Babysitter's Club History yeah. Number 22. In the meantime, Riddle Babies, I have been this week, Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And please remember to this round week. off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do, Riddle Babies. Remember the Delaney's. Zendaya's me, And take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented.
0: that. Part
2: the first part what
0: for me, the Look at your M closely. There's a gap right here in the letter M, it's never connected. So you go into Hebrew, the letter Vav is also the number six. You could have here in Hebrew 666 six, six, six on the can. But my interest is the word monster. What do you see in the O? There's a cross. Okay. Now, do you know what a MILF is? Yes. That's on the <laughs> box. MILFs dig it, and you will too. This is not a Christian company at all. So why would they have a <clears throat> the cross on the can? Here is the message, Antichrist. 666 in Hebrew, and then the Bible talks about the beast in Revelation, and look at Monsters' ad. Even if the M was not the issue, you cannot deny that that is a cross. And what is witchcraft? When the cross goes upside down, bottoms up, and the devil laughs something
2: to think about. Wow. That was a headgun podcast.